Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 491, Mr. Samich. Trevor's week, huzzah! I can't believe it. it Trevor's week is already here. It's uh, it's crazy to think that we're here, but we made it, Mike. We're at Traverse week. Here we go. Now the question is, what's going to wrong? Get your get go wrong. Get your Saratoga something goes wrong bingo board out, and uh, make sure you get the most wild squares ever because that's what we've had this meet. Yeah, I don't want to play this game. This has not been a fun meet at Saratoga. I don't want to play what could go wrong next. Yeah, every uh, the. Everything goes right, bingo square is never going to be used. No one will write that one in for this weekend. No. I mean, anybody who follows horse racing knows that that's just a ridiculous thing to try and predict happening. But yeah, well, listen, we're going to, yeah, calling rain. That's yeah, okay. Call. Very likely. Very likely. <laughs> uh, when does it happen is the question. Because you've got, I mean, it's, it's big stakes races all week. We're at Wednesday, you've got the John's Call. Thursday's the grade two Ballston Spa with 10 horses, including four from Chad Brown. Um, mm-hmm. Which, where have they been? I'll meet. Uh, the uh the 10 horses i mean uh and then after that friday you've got the grade one personal lens we have so many grade one races at saratoga this weekend we have one on friday and it's the personal ensign i mean there's a lot of those grade one races we could be like man that shouldn't be on saturday's card but ness versus clarier too on friday it's kind of crazy that we're getting that many it's the, the whole weekend is kind of nuts because we've got the charlestown classic coming up here on the 25th as well we've got what is it today and tomorrow i think there's a combined 12 stakes at parks so like there's a ton of stuff yep. with smarty jones going tomorrow at parks uh obviously a big weekend at saratoga like you mentioned delmar's got some fun ones as well like a pat o'brien uh, is on the 26th I, this is just a loaded two days the travers undercard one of my favorite undercards i love the sword dancer i love the alan jerkins we got the forgo we got the ballerina it's just like bang 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 stakes after stakes should be phenomenal card on saturday yeah, it's going to be fantastic. I was doing the uh, the lineup for <clears throat> for this week and what I've got work wise in. Uh, yeah, we got ton of stuff at Saratoga. And oh, by the way, a Breeders' Cup winning year in for the Dirt Mile. The Cody's Wish is about to win for the second straight year. The Pat O'Brien Stakes. That's at Del Mar this Saturday. So uh, we'll also have a preview for that. But yeah, the two Breeders' Cup winning year in races. Neither of them the really big races. Not the Traverse. Not the Personal Ensign. That's okay. There's a couple more at Saratoga. The Sword Dancer, I guess, is kind of big, but it's for the turf. And with no up to the mark, we're not like nobody thinks America's winning that race this year. No, I go the sword dancer kind of feels like uh, the the years past where it's like okay, there's going to be ten horses in it, and literally any of the ten could win it because it's just going to be wan- random and wild. You kind of like gravitate toward the highest price, like maker horse. That horse probably have a shot. Uh, we're probably going to see Channel Maker back uh, after his win last time out. So we'll see if we get some channel maker in our life and, uh, he pulls off the offset, but it just, it feels like that race is ripe for the picking for someone to go gate to wire at like 25 to one. Well, we are going to talk a little bit about what happened this past week, but really we're going to take a look at, uh, look forward here. We're going to talk about the top five, three-year-olds as of right now, going into the Traverse week. And, uh, uh, Mike and I were thinking, you know, probably four of the five will have full agreement on order might be a little different with how they go, but that fifth one, that fifth spot, that's the one that's, uh, it's always a lightning rod too, because Aaron, if you don't know, over at youtube.com slash racing dudes, Aaron Holtzman does our top five three-year-olds video every week, and his top four have been pretty much unchanged, uh, the, the orders change a little bit, but that fifth spot is, is that's the one that gets everybody mad, Mike, so we'll see if we can get some people mad here. Do you think your fifth, fifth ranked three-year-old right now is going to make people mad? 
I don't think it'll make people mad. I just think it's, it's like wide open. There's like four or five horses that you could choose to put there if you want to. So this is what we'll do. We're going to, instead of going five to one, we're going to go one to five. And as we do each one, you can put your first ranked horse in the chat as we go over our first ranked three-year-old, then the second, then the third, then the fourth. And then when the fifth comes, we get an explosion of responses. I, I literally think you put like 10 horses in the fifth spot for best, for best three-year-old this year. Uh, Rob says, how about that Kings play yesterday? Uh, I, if, listen, if you caught the preview with JD Fox, uh, I did have the winner. I had the exacta here, so you can check that out. Uh, it was a Mark Cassie, Gary Barber exacta, kind of a magic special at Woodbine. Um, but Elysian Field, the Philly got the, uh, got second place. Uh, Paramount Prince went gate to wire, just like he'd done in the plate trial. So that was pretty good. Uh, Forte's number one for now, Nick Feldman says, but we'll see. I added the for now part. We'll see if that happens after this week. But listen, we got a lot to talk about. Not number one on my list. Won't be number one on my list after this week. Oh, Mike's already been drinking. So let's get into it, buddy. Right is up. All right, my first race we'll talk about I, that does involve a three-year-old. Three-year-old filly named Randomize goes gate to wire to win the Alabama Stakes. Second straight race that she won gate to wire at Saratoga. Also took the Wilton. Uh, horse has kind of come along a little bit later here. She made one start at two at Saratoga, uh, but we didn't see her until the end of March as a three-year-old. And then she gets the win. It goes straight to the grade one acorn and probably a bit too much for her to step up straight off of beating maidens but now two for two at saratoga and looking pretty strong so far what do you think about randomized i thought she looked great i wasn't sure she could get the distance i thought there's yeah. gonna be a pace pressure which didn't really materialize like there was there were four step four wide going into that first turn uh but chocolate gelato who i really think was supposed to be a rabbit never really rabbited uh yep. and so there was never <laughs> that early pressure there defining purpose was so far wide on the first turn that by the time they got out of the turn Randomize was your clear leader and got really, really comfortable in the second and third quarter. I thought that made the difference. Wet paint, closer to the pace than I expected, I thought really restricted her kick coming down the lane. Also don't love that she stayed in the rail. Like, that's not where you wanted to be. But I got, like, hat tip to Joel Rosario here. He came, like, five pass off the rail and said, if you want to beat me, you're passing me inside, which was the right thing to do. We've seen Saez do that a lot at, at Gulfstream. You want to kind of say, okay, I'm going to go to the four path here. As soon as we get out of the turn, you can either go six wide or you got to go inside me. And that, that makes it a lot tougher to get past in those spots. So I love that move by Rosario there. Um, let's, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to kind of poo-poo on this a little bit though. <laughs> it's not a very good field. Like I, this is like when you compare to like, so I, in my Facebook messages, you know, you get the memories that pop up. My wife and I took a, a photo with Songbird five years ago to the day of this. Like we had a selfie with Songbird and that was in Alabama. Like that is a different class of horse that ran in that Alabama. This is one of the weaker groups that I've seen in a while. I mean, there'll never be a greater Alabama winner in my book than Songbird. Um, she just was absolutely phenomenal. Um, <clears throat> okay, so that maybe you don't have a Nest or a Malathat or even a Clarier in this crop. And that's okay because you had a great betting race. If you were trying to beat wet paint, whether it was the distance or uh, you thought maybe she would do better on a wet track, um, whatever the reason, you know, you got your opportunity and you had, I, I mean, f the fact that nine Phillies and none of them were pretty mischievous signed up to try and take on wet paint, I, I was pretty impressed with the field size there. Um, correct to fade Julia Shining, uh, I thought that maybe she's just a cut below, is not, she's a full to Malathat, 
not looking like Malathat. Um, the one that was most disappointing to me was Taxed. I thought that Taxed was going to sit uh, probably the trip that Wet Paint got, and I thought it'd be a little bit closer and, and have a chance at randomized. So she doesn't get the trip. Um, just a lot of weird things happen in this race, and it's a mile and a quarter. So kind of like with the Kentucky Derby, Mike, is this one of those um, those points with data points on a horse's resume that you can just kind of cross off because especially with the Phillies, they're never going a mile and a quarter again. Uh, no, because I, I think you have to take this data point seriously from randomized. Uh, we know she can get a mile and a quarter. We know she can get a mile and an eighth uh, with a pretty decent pace. Uh, she, you know, 47 and change to the half pretty fast for a mile and a quarter. So you got to give her credit for that. I think it's a, a real point, data point for randomized. A lot of them underneath, like, look, Gambling Girl didn't break very well. Her race was pretty much over uh, before the first turn. So she's one that I'm going to draw a line through here. Fireline just kind of got a weird trip. I texted the group right afterward and just said that was a messed up race. There's a, like five or six trips out of here where you're just like, well, yeah, that horse couldn't have won because of how, <laughs> how it went. And, you know, defining purpose, I thought, ran huge here, considering four wide on the first turn, never really comfortable, had to press the pace. Like, I, I thought the 10 ran big here. So I'm going to take something out of it from randomized, from defining purpose. I'm going to give them a little bit more juice next time. A wet paint, like, I think was just too close. Like, like it, to yeah. me, that was the biggest issue because it's not like they went 24-49 and wet paint was close. They went 23-2, and 47-4 and wet paint was close. And to me, that really hindered wet paint's ability to make a big move down the lane. And like I said, also st stuck to the inside. So uh, the top three, I'm taking something away from here. A lot of these, I think, have an excuses after that, though. Cyber Tough getting up for fourth, I thought, for, uh, after being in last, I thought was pretty impressive considering that, you know, you had a gate to wire winner and then defining purpose um, almost went gate to wire in second place there. And, and I agree with Nick Feldman, but I've been saying this since the uh, since the Ashland stakes when she almost got caught by Julia Shining in Punchbowl. Defining purpose is a mile, mile and the 16th is probably the best that she can do. I think that she's been being by cross traffic. I think it makes perfect sense. Keep her at a mile. You can win a lot of races like that. Maybe mile and a 16th, you get lucky. Um, but defining purpose, I thought that she ran well enough to hold on. But also maybe, Mike, that's a, a, back to your what you were saying. This isn't that great of a group. For her to hold on for third by eight and a half lengths against this group, maybe that's saying a lot. Yeah, it is. Well, like, here's the thing. Um, look at who finished after defining purpose. So Saber Tough, not good. Tax ran poorly. Gambling Girl didn't break. Sacred Wish ran poorly. Fireline had a bunch of trouble. Julia Shining, we don't think, is very good. And Chocolate Gelato had no prayer at ever getting the distance. So it's not like you're stacking a bunch of good horses behind it. And it goes back to like, hey, look, it's grade one, but <laughs> not really. Like, if you like, there are two good horses in this race that'd be randomized in wet paint. Everyone else is kind of a cut below the grade one level in my mind. And yeah, they could jump up and win a grade one against the three year old Philly class if they get the right group. But uh, after randomizing wet paint, I don't think this is a very good field. Well, not the only grade one winning three-year-old filly on the weekend. We also over at Del Mar on Saturday, much later in the day, the Del Mar Oaks winner, Anaset, now three for three uh, in North American turf for trainer Leonard Powell. Uh, a British bred filly kind of came into her own late as a three-year-old or two-year-old and then was privately purchased and sent to America. Wins the Del Mar Oaks, and she didn't just win it, Mike. She demolished this. Now, she had a nice trip up the rail, but boy, did she explode late and, and uh, really just kick clear of everybody. Yeah, this is a pretty <laughs> impressive one. Um, she is going to be a contender in the Breeders' Cup. No doubt about it. She, she just she ran huge here. You mentioned, okay, she got a perfect trip. That's great. But you know what? She took advantage of that perfect trip. And she made it look like she didn't need a perfect trip, right? Where if she mm -hmm. had to go five wide, 
guess what? She still would have won by a length and a half instead of two and three quarters of a length. So uh, the kick that she had absolutely devastating there coming home, I thought was very, very impressive. It came from dead last too, and was within a head of the lead right after that that one stretch that's how much ground she made up around that turn kick clear from home never really in doubt i thought this was a huge race from her i thought impact warrior ran pretty good running up for third be your best i think this was one of her better performances we talked mm-hmm. about both of those horses uh in the magic mike prep for this this weekend uh I, i'm like hat tip to both of them like again not positive how much is behind her here but the difference is she looks so dominant in this race and came home in sub 12 seconds for that final furlong as well. I thought that was wildly impressive after running on from the back. 11 and a half. Yeah. That final, final furlong there, which is just, it would it, like, so you talked about last race where uh, you've seen Saez do it a lot too. And Rosario did it on randomized where off the turn. Then for uh, Irad does this too. Off the turn, they go super wide and say, you can either go even wider or up the rail, and most horses won't go up the rail because if they do try and do that, the jockey on the lead horse will shut them down and intimidate them. Uh, you do that with Anna said, it's bye-bye, game over. Like it, I kind of want to know what happens if she doesn't get that opening up the rail. Um, she still wins, I think, but does she have to bully her way through? Does she have to get, does it get a little bit tighter than that? Because Be Your Best was kind of, had, had the measure on her every step, and then Be Your Best goes four wide, through the turn and you see Juan Hernandez look over at the top of the stretch and go, Oh shit. Like he sees Anaset moving (laughs) and going. He's like, well, I've got some fighting for a second here. So, um, you know, the questions, if she gets shut off and then has to wheel four wide around, be your best. Can she still run down, be your best in the stretch? If be your best gets the jump, uh, honestly, like dirt to me, much more of advantage to go four wide off the turn. Right. Synthetic at Gulfstream, much more advantage to go four or five wide off the turn at Del Mar. Not as big of an advantage because that chute opens up and it makes it feel like there's even more room to the inside. And so you're not like you mentioned it perfectly. You called it perfectly where when you go wide, if that horse starts coming on, you you can kind of pinch him down and intimidate him and put him in tight without fouling him. At Del Mar, you can't really do that because you have just this massive opening where that chute comes out, gives that horse even more room to be able to move through. And and NSAT didn't need that extra room, but definitely had it if needed it. So I got through, made it look easy. She, to me, is going to be ultra tough in this division all year in California. We'll see what she does moving forward. But she's a very, very, very talented filly. And I don't mind Raspoliano. I know Raspoli getting some of the some hate in the chat here, especially when facing the the, the big boys, the Ortiz brothers, the East Coast jockeys, right? Um uh, look, he he rides really well out there in California, and there is definitely a benefit that the Breeders' Cup is going to be at Santa Anita this year, at Del Mar next year, for some of these California turf horses who have had trouble breaking through in the Breeders' Cup in the past. I think you may have a couple that get the job done this year. Well, and uh, I'm checking right now. I'm pretty sure Reese Bully was, yeah, he was aboard smooth like straight when he almost won the Breeders' Cup mile uh, two years ago. He missed by half a length the Space Blues. Like, Reese Bully is not... He's not Irad in that he's going to move a horse up several lengths on the spot like that. But I also don't think he's terrible. I mean, especially in a turf horse, like in a California turf horse. You know, you can say that he goes against the big boys, he melts. But you got to forget the one time Reese Bully left California because that just was a disaster. He went over whatever he tried to do in Kentucky. He didn't try New York. That didn't work. Um, when he's left to go to the Breeders' Cup uh, at other spots, he's on California horses. So I, I would say don't be so mean about Reese Bully. He's still, he's still definitely a, a superb rider, especially in California. So If, if he's riding a D'Amato turf horse in the Breeders' Cup, I will still respect that horse. 
right? And that's that's the horses he's going to be riding in the Breeders' Cup, right? Is D'Amato turf horses on California turf. So I, I don't think he's the reason those horses lose. One other thing we thought would be fun to do, Mike, is talk about the top five three-year-olds as we're heading into the Traverse Stakes this weekend. And uh, for, you know, I think you can guess who at least four of the horses will be that Mike and I are each going to have on our list here. But let's go one through five. No, no real shocker here with who we're going to have on top because you've actually been on top of the Forte bandwagon for a very long time as a top three-year-old. So um and right on cue frank d'angelo doesn't uh is this a forte isn't that good overrated not a top five to me um we both have forte number one though right heading into the traverse no no you have forte number one heading into. The i have traverse, forte but... number one i will let you talk about uh why you do not have forte number one give me go rocket ride I think Go Rocket Ride is the best three-year-old in the country right now. Um, Mandela does not ship across the country very often. He ships Go Rocket Ride to the Haskell, and Go Rocket Ride looked awesome, awesome in the Haskell. Uh, I think this would have been a serious Kentucky Derby contender had Go Rocket Ride ran in the Santa Anita Derby and then got it into the Kentucky Derby. Horse is consistently getting better as he is getting older. Again, the fact that we shipped out and then dominated the Haskell. And look, here's the thing. Mage got waxed by go rocket ride in the haskell mage never really got waxed by forte right maybe he's lost to forte twice but i felt that go rocket rides with haskell was more impressive than forte was in either of those last two races and then the issue for me here is what's happened to forte since he looked great in the gym dandy but that was a small field not a huge massive field not a bunch of contention in there and he didn't look great in the belmont We'll get to there in a second because I think Forte and Archangelo are both going to fall in our top four. So we'll probably talk about both of those and the Belmont specifically. But to me, I think Go Rocket Ride is the best three-year-old we've seen in the country. I think Go Rocket Ride has the best chance to have the best three-year-old season as well with what you're going to see from him out in California and then in the Breeders' Cup Classic where I think he's got a huge shot in that race. And I think that being in California gives him an advantage as well. So I've got Go Rocket Ride as my number one three-year-old. Listen, as far as talent goes, I think by the end of the year, I think you're going to definitely say, yeah, go go Rocket Ride is the top. <clears throat> you could easily say he's the top three-year-old. I can't get off of Forte winning the Jim Dandy the way he did, winning the Florida Derby, the Fountain of Youth. He came off of two over two-month layoff, having missed the Kentucky Derby, almost wins the Belmont Stakes, beats every other Derby horse that was in the Belmont um i have him as number one i do have go rocket ride number two i have no issue with that um i think a lot of people in the chat are agreeing with us as well no issue here uh what do you think about the decision for mandela it sounds like now he's leaning towards a pacific classic again instead of the shared belief stakes as the final prep i like it i mean go big right i mean I, I, there's not like a world beaters older world leader older horses of, uh, that are out there right now um, you're probably going to get one of the Arabians in the Pacific Classic as well. I think it's Arabian Lion that's pointing there. Is that right? Arabian no, Knight. Arabian Knight is going Arabian to the Pacific Knight. Classic. Yeah. So you, like, Arabian Knight probably going to be one of the shorter price prices for Baffert. The fact that Arabian Knight's going there makes me think Defunded is definitely more vulnerable than you would necessarily think. And, you know, he hasn't looked wonderful recently as well. So I like the idea of taking on Olders, going the mile and a quarter, and then heading right into the Breeders' Cup Classic off it. And I wouldn't be shocked if Go Rocket Ride is your favorite in the Pacific Classic as a three-year-old. So I think the placement is strong. Um, look, I have Forte number two. I don't disagree with anything you said. I think you could also make an argument that Forte kind of got the short end of the stick because you had this the issue over the Kentucky Derby, and then you had a two-month off stretch, and then he ran in the Belmont. But let's not forget, he beat Tapatrice by yay much in the Belmont, right? And Tapatrice nowhere near either of our lists. So. <laughs> 
I still remember the fact that Tappet Trice pushed him right there in the Belmont. I, I, Archangelo, who I'm sure we'll get to in a second as well. Look, he got a dream trip up the rail. Like, are we really sure Archangelo is that good? We still have to find out about that. So, uh, to me, I'll take Go Rocket Ride one, Forte number two. But again, I, I think you can interchange these two, but I think they are clearly one and two. Well, let's talk about that horse next. Archangelo, I have him uh, in third on my list. I think it's like a 3-3A situation here, but um, I'm going to go with Archangelo for my third pick. You know, three straight wins. They've all looked you know better than the last, and kind of like his sire, Arrogate, coming around at the right time for the Traverse. Um, to win the Peter Pan off of a maiden win is, uh, that, that's something. You know, Bishop's Bay was a very highly touted horse uh, for Brad Cox going to the Peter Pan. Archangelo had to fight back to get that win. Bishop's Bay kind of gave it up a little bit. You can kind of go back and forth there. But the Belmont Stakes, yeah, he got a better trip. He was more informed. But he looked really impressive that day. And he wins one leg of the Triple Crown. That's got to be something to put you at least in the top five going into the Travers. Uh, do you have Archangelo in third? I'm, I don't. I have him in fourth. And I'm guessing my third place horse you have in fourth. I'm going to go with Mage number three. Uh, because look, May, I, th- I thought Mage ran well in the Travers, or I'm sorry, the Haskell, and we talked about how where I have Go Rocket Ride at one. So Mage being number three makes sense in that front. Wins the Kentucky Derby, right? So by the way, that's a that's a Triple Crown jewel, but probably the harder Triple Crown jewel to win. Yeah. I'm not completely sold on Arcangelo either. I had Arcangelo on Belmont Day. That was nice to cash, but the trip was perfect. And I'm not sure he wins without that perfect trip up the rail because Forte was coming. Tapatrice was coming toward the end of that race. Archangelo is starting to back up. To me, that felt more of a situational win. And like National Treasure situationally won the Preakness. Blazing Seven situationally ran second in the Preakness. Neither of them are going to sniff my top five here. And so, like, I, I can't give Archangelo that three spot when I do think the Belmont was a little bit of a situational win. And he wasn't facing the best version of Forte. Mage faced the best version of Forte twice. I thought ran well against him both times in the Florida Derby off terrible trips in both of those races. Ran huge in the Kentucky Derby. I thought ran very well in the Haskell. So I've got Mage sitting at that number three. And the fun part is two, three, and four all running against each other in just five days in Saratoga. So we're going to get to, like, actually answer this question in a lot of ways over the weekend. Yeah, you're going to have all three Triple Crown race winners in the Traverse, the same Traverse stakes for the first time since 2017, I saw. Uh, my guess, by the way, without even looking it up, my guess was 2015 because it was American Pharaoh. He was all three winners, and uh, and he ended up losing that year, by the way. So we'll see what happens. Um, I will say, so yeah, Mage was right there. Like I went back and forth even up until we were reco- started the show. I was like, Mage, Archangelo. I think Archangelo is more likely to win the Traverse. Mage is more likely to hit the board. Mage always shows up and gives that big effort. Um, you know, the fact that the, the the only horse that was beating him earlier this year is the horse that I have ranked number one says something. I didn't like his Preakness effort, um, and that's kind of, I downgraded him for that one. The Haskell was good. Uh, you know, go Rocket Ride freak that day. But, um, you know, I again, you could go two, three, four with the, this horse, with Archangelo, with, you know, go Rocket Ride, Forte to me is number one. This is where I think things get interesting because we've had the same four horses in just different orders. Who is your fifth horse? I went like back and forth on a bunch here. Like I considered Saudi Crown. I considered like going the Philly route. I considered going a turf horse here because to me there's like there's just not that many that you really want to get aggressive with. Like King of Steel over in Europe, I think deserves at least a little bit of a hat tip here. Um, I, I don't even really like this pick. I ended up with Angel of Empire just because of body of work more than anything else. Um, okay. I'm not sure Angel of Empire. Like, 
I, I will admit, I kind of said, okay, best three-year-olds going long in my head on dirt versus best three-year-olds, which I think probably would have changed this a little bit because like you could also bring up Arabian Lion, who's a phenomenal sprinter. I think General Jim could make the argument. Phenomenal sprinter there as well. I landed on Angel of Empire because in my head I was thinking two-turn dirt older horse or three-year-old, right? And Angel of Empires consistently run well. I think you have trip excuses in the Kentucky Derby where he just missed running second. Um, I, like, that's why I landed here, although I'm not that confident. And, like, again, if people want to say, like, Scotland for Bill Mott, I think that horse totally fits. Saudi Crown for Brad Cox, I think that whole horse totally could be an argument. But to me, body of work, Angel of Empire is the most impressive. Definitely an impressive body of work. You're right. Um, another horse that's very consistent uh, has the big grade one win for the Arkansas Derby. Uh, gotta love that he's earned almost a million and a half this year, which I think, yeah, that's more than Forte. He's earned more than Go Rocket Ride. He's earned more than Archangel. Only Mage has out earned uh, Angel of Empire so far this year. That's crazy. Um, I have him on the also eligibles. I, you know, he's gonna have to show more from me in the Travers. He needs like a top two finish. For me to consider him higher um arabian lion was one that i really considered i actually thought you were going to go with arabian lion um you talked about is it you know it, it could stretch back out it sounds like baffert might want to stretch him out for his next start but did win that woody stevens which was super impressive um the sir barton effort was the best effort by far of any horse at pimlico that whole weekend so um you got to appreciate that and then the horse that he was supposed to face uh, or, or they were supposed to be in the Preakness and didn't. Um, he ended up finishing a close second two in the Lexington. So a lot of good reasons for like Arabian Lion. Nick Feldman, damn you, you stole my pick. I thought for sure program trading was going to take everybody by surprise. Uh, he's a turf horse, yes. I know we're talking about three-year-olds. It's been three-year-old dirt routers. Program trading to me, if you watch that Saratoga Derby, man, that was such an impressive effort from him. He's three for three in his career. He's won at three different tracks. Um, he beat a, a host of very talented horses in the Saratoga Derby. It's Chad Brown, possibly his best three-year-old right now, it's, which is hard to say. It feels like that changes and not for a good reason very often. But I have program trading here in fifth. I think that he has a chance to have a huge uh, second half of the year. But I also understand, you know, when it comes to three-year-olds, we're talking dirt and we're usually talking two turns. So I can understand not wanting to put him on here, but I felt like he needed to get uh, some honorable mention love at least. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of these three-year-olds. I think you could kind of say, oh, there's a couple sprinters you could probably make a case for that could make that they could make the argument in the three-year-old division, like program trading, obviously good choice here. I wouldn't knock that one. Uh, there's, a, like I said, a couple European horses, I think that you could make an argument for elite three-year-olds as well. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Uh, like, yeah, like Augustus Roden, another horse in Europe who probably would be on this list if you just said most talented three-year-old. So it depends how you kind of define the list. The top four for me, pretty easy. This fifth spot I thought was absolutely wide open. Yeah, and, and Nick bringing up two fills. I think two fills, if he'd stayed in training, um, was going to end up being uh, definitely the top five. I mean, Aaron had him in third for the longest time in second because of how talented he was. He just needed other horses to get by. Uh, Michael Olson says he'd have K Cave Rock one. What are you? We'll, what's we'll going on? Know. We'll never know. <laughs> Cave Rock's ghost boy. Yeah. That's still still really sad about that one. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Forte still number one for me. But yeah, a, a great interesting discussion to be had. Um, where do you uh, where do you put Dermis Otagake? 
Seven, 17th. How about 17th. that? All right. <laughs> For those who know, they know. Uh, there we go. Those are our top five three-year-olds right now. Uh, so that was like top five three-year-old. Now, as far as the Traverse goes, they are drawing that Tuesday night, and we will have the betting viable for the Traverse AvailableRacings.com later this week. Um, so i got to ask you, too early to tell. We don't know the field. Who's your pick for the Traverse? Mm. I, I, I want to see how the pace is going to be, right? My my immediate inclination is to say Forte, who which would make sense because he's my number two horse. I, I yeah. will say this. My number one horse out of this weekend will still be Go Rocket Ride. There is nothing Forte can do to make me feel that Go Rock, he's not as good as Go Rocket Ride. Even if he freaks, I can't put him up there because... Well, let me rephrase that. If he freaks better than Go Rocket Rides Haskell, I will consider putting him up there. But until we see something like that, I, I like to me, Go Rocket Ride seems like one of those guys who is just or one of those horses. I'm sorry, Forte is one of those horses who just loves to win and kind of plays down to the competition in a lot of ways versus mm. like just you're seeing the best version of this horse every single time. Cause we see him turn on that light when they turn for home and go and get whoever is in front of him, which is a wonderful trait for a horse to have, but you never see him just win by eight. And every now and then I wish he would just win by eight and you'd see the full talent of Forte. Um, but yeah, at this point, like for me, I, I'm, if it depends on how the pace plays out because I'm a little interested in someone going gate to wire because mage, because Forte, because Angel of Empire, all these horses, Archangelo, are all going to want to come from off the pace. And so the question is, who's going to be in the lead? Is it going to be Scotland? Are we going to see someone else in there? Um, so we'll see what the lineup projects as. But right now, like I, I would take Forte. But we'll see what the price is, too. Like I don't want to take too short of a price on Forte, on Mage, or on Archangelo, because I think it's a competitive race and a race where you can take a shot. Forte, uh, for sure, will be the favorite in this spot. A couple questions for you about the Travers I want to ask you. Um, first of all, Scotland to go gate to wire. How do you think that's going to be a pretty strong possibility from what we saw from the curling winner? We'll see who else is in there. Um, you know, Saudi Crown, I, I don't believe is going to be in there. Like, nope. I, there's no other projected early speed that I've heard. And we saw what Saudi Crown was able to do in the Jim Dandy when you're alone projected speed. Scotland, like, again, these are horses that I think were right on the fringe of being in that top five. And if they're that good, and they get loose that makes them exponentially more difficult we're see it's going to be interesting to see how close mage sits it's going to be interesting to see how close forte sits and what the decision is from those jockeys we saw forte sit closer in the gym dandy i would expect you're going to see him closer again here mage has the ability to be a pace presence but has not really been a pace presence in any of his races since he broke his maiden uh, it'd be interesting to see what happens there i mean a lot of the love for mage in the Fountain of Youth in the Florida Derby was because he could go gate to wire. Like, that was yeah. one of the reasons people loved Mage in those races. And Mage didn't break, and so you never saw that. So if we see that version of Mage again, I think that's a little bit interesting as well. But someone's got to press Scotland because two turns at Saratoga, going gate to wire is a very dangerous thing, as randomized would tell you. Like, it's just, it's a good place to be at Saratoga is on the lead when you're going two turns. Yeah, I think Scotland projects to be the leader. Um, national treasure, you could see. Uh, try and also go gate to wire. Reincarnate is not. I mean, he's he's just kind of a lumbering goofball up there. Um, another thing that'd be interesting. Tap it trice. We've been saying for ages needs to wear blinkers. They put blinkers on him in his final work, and Jose Ortiz, who's going to be his rider for the Traverse, was aboard. Said it seemed to focus him. Uh, any love for Tappet Trice adding blinkers in the drivers? I mean, wouldn't it just be so fitting if he won this race by like two lengths? <laughs> just by open lengths? Just I'm a little worried about it. Yeah. Like, uh, 
I look if you want this is probably the race to bet Tappet Trice if you're a Tappet Trice fan. Like it's the hate has probably gone too far now because the talent is still there. The turn of foot is missing, but the distance is favorable for Tappet Trice here. Adding the blinker should be a favorable thing. We'll see how close the horse can sit. I don't mind the jockey change here. Um, so we'll see. But if you're getting 15 to 1 when they walk into the gate, this is probably the right right race to bet Tappet Trice. I won't be one of the people betting Tappet Trice, but it's probably the right race to do so. I mean, I'm worried. When I saw that they added it, I was like, okay, we've been saying they need to add blinkers to this horse for a long time. It could be Tappet Trice time. I mean, again, like if, if you're getting 15 to 1, if you're getting 20 to 1 on Tappet Trice, I'm not going to tell you not to bet on him. I just probably won't be running to the window either. Uh, if you're Javier Castellano, did you make the right choice going with Archangelo over Mage? Because now you've got Castellano's going to choose Archangelo. Luis Saez is taking Mage, which is how we open up the door uh, well, on this horse. I don't think he chose. From the sounds of it, Castellano was still waiting to make a choice, and Mage's group just said, all right, screw this. We're just getting some, someone before we lose Mage. Or before we lose Castellano, we don't have anyone to put on Mage. Interesting. Well, I mean, Saez was aboard uh, Mage when he almost won the Florida Derby. Yeah, and that was right. the best effort we'd seen in a long time. Or possibly the best effort other than the Kentucky Derby that we've seen out of that horse. So, And, and Saez went to, what, was it Kings Barnes, I think, in the Derby? Or was that Jose who ran Kings Barnes? Saez went back to Tappet Trice. Jose was on Kings Barnes, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean... I. It, I'm pretty sure, yeah, I think this was the, it was this, is that Mage's connections weren't happy that, that Castellano wouldn't commit to one or the other. And so they said, screw it. We're going to go get a top jockey before we lose a chance at one. And they're the ones who made the move to take Saez. And then he was left with Archangelo, um, which I thought was really interesting. I would have picked Mage. I still, like, I wouldn't be shocked if Archangelo is a very, very good horse. I just still need to see it again because I thought everything went perfect for him in a race he was bred for. And that's that's why it's tough. Jose Ortiz is going to ride Tappet Trice. He was on him in his morning work uh, over the weekend. <clears throat> uh, it's also something like Forte is going to keep the blinkers, which I thought were a good help for the Jim Dandy. Um, let's see. Uh, Archangelo, Forte, Mage, Tappet Trice, Disarm is considered for the Traverse, uh, Scotland, and Il Miracolo. So a couple of good magics, a couple of a uh, couple of gun runners in there as well. So, and of course, a violence. 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 <laughs> in there will be the favorite by the way i mean kind of fun that like there are multiple violences that could have been the the three-year-old that could have made the top five well i guess there's really just one i don't well raise kane can't really make it but he's by violence violence too <laughs> but he was he never that the top five. <laughs> yeah um probably go ahead. i was gonna say like, this is the best version of travers we've had in what 10 15 years i can't think of a field that was this this strong in a while from top to bottom, this strong? No, I mean, I, I would say you'd have to go back to 2017 at least, right? The last time you had all three Triple Crown race winners in it, um, so easily the best uh, talent-wise, the deepest from that perspective. Um, yeah, we'll find out. Listen, a lot of time to go. Like I said, they're going to be drawing that on Tuesday, and we'll have all sorts of previews for you and analysis over at RacingDudes.com, where of course you can also get uh, previews for the upcoming races this week at Saratoga. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, early races already up. New rankings by division. Uh, you go check out Aaron Haltman's latest top five by division. Also see how we rank the top five three-year-olds and the top five older horses as well. So 
There you go. You've got that to go consider over at RacingDudes.com. Go check out the replays and analysis for the Alabama stakes as well. See what I thought about randomized and the effort there from Wet Paint as well. And of course, while you're at RacingDudes.com, go to the handicapping products page and uh, click on Get Racing Dudes Premium. Check out what kind of picks you want. Maybe you want to see a little combo of premium picks, some bombs, single day passes. It's all right there. Uh, how did you do over the weekend betting wise and tournament wise, Mike? It did okay betting wise. Hit a couple pick fours at uh, at Saratoga and Del Mar, so it, was, it wasn't a lost weekend. Uh, tournament's a little frustrating, especially yesterday where I nailed a cold trifecta and race one at Woodbine for the cash tournament, and then did not cash a ticket the rest of the day at Woodbine. So that wasn't fun. Uh, did okay in the tournaments. Got some breakage back, won one seat. So we'll take it and we'll see uh, if we can parlay into more this weekend. Boom! There you go. Kevin bringing up what everybody on the Racing Juice team is worried about: the undercard has six turf races and one dirt race. That's going to be a bitch to handicap. Uh, three different times. The first time we passed through, the second time when they announced the changes, and then the third time when they decided to pull off the turf. Two minutes to post for race one. I cannot remember a Saratoga season where I've done this, but I have an only advanced handicap in the dirt races. I don't even look at the turf races till the morning of because I have no clue if they're going to be on the turf. And I literally have my dad in Saratoga telling me whether or not it's raining or not every day so I can have some idea of what it's going to be. But man, uh, yeah. It's uh, It's been an interesting season over there at Saratoga. It's been a rough meet at Saratoga, but it's never rough when you're listening to the Magic Mike Show, guys. Make sure you come back here on Thursday at 5 Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. We'll be covering either Del Mar or Saratoga, probably Del Mar or Saratoga. What am I doing? It's Traverse Weekend. We're going to Saratoga, so uh, possibly for the last time this year. But <laughs> we're going to go to Saratoga on Thursday show. Tune in for that one. If you're going to Saratoga this weekend, let us know. Uh, Aaron will be there. Jared's going to be there. Dr. Miranda's going to be there. Vinny, of course, is going to be there. So uh, let us know if you're Are you going to Saratoga? Am I the only one that's not? I'm going to Vegas, baby. Oh, that's right. You're going to Vegas. All right. Well, I'm the only one who's staying home this weekend. So somebody come play with me while everybody else is out having fun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, make sure you let us know if you're going to be there. We'd love to hang out with you. They'd love to hang out with you, get a drink with you, obviously. I would if I could be there, but I'm not going to, so I can't. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at Curtis Kellowart. He is at SummerBomb18, number one, number eight. Corporate Overlords at Racing underscore Dudes. Anything else before we get out of here, Mr. Samich? No, I'm just looking forward to this weekend. It's This is this was the last weekend we don't have football that counts for the next, until for the rest of the year. So we get real football moving forward now, too. Sorry, the CFL. How about those Lions, Magic? That was pretty bad. <laughs> I knew I, I was like, I, I shouldn't even send it in because I feel like when I send in my CFL picks for dudes who bet daily, they don't do well. But I am plus five. You killed five, it last five, week. Five, five and three quarter units or something like that. Yeah, I had a six day, a six, six pick streak for the CFL that got broken last night. So not happy about that, but thanks for bringing it up. No problem. Happy to help. There you go. Notre Dame and Navy. You got that coming up too. <laughs> yeah, like I said, there's football that matters now for every single weekend through the rest of the year. You got that going. Make sure you tune back into uh, to racingnews.com every Thursday through Sunday on youtube.com slash racingnews for dudes who bet daily at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Until next time, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck this week, everybody. The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by racingdudes.com.